Chip, this is exciting. Very. I see. I see a nice headshot connecting mm -hmm. to audio. Very handsome headshot. Yeah, very handsome. I guess he, when you, he's a handsome guy. So, mm -hmm. you know, you get handsome headshots and you're a handsome guy. Looks like he's getting his video. Oh, my good. He's even more handsome. Even more handsome over Zoom. Now all he, has to do, all he has to do now is unmute that thing. And we got 100% Anthony DeVito. Oh, here I am. Hi, buddy. Hi. You look even better than your uh, headshot that was on before the video. Well, if I can, uh, full mm -hmm. disclosure, when I was looking at my Zoom settings, I didn't realize there was a touch-up appearance slider. <laughs> so I put it all the way over to the right. I was, okay. like, I was like, more, more, touch me up. Yeah. I did that at one time, and then it blurred out like my background stuff. So I'm like, I think people can then tell I'm using it. Right. So I only have it halfway, Anthony. Yeah, I have I have it all the way. Nice. I figured it can't really conquer the eyebrows or anything else. So it's like, as far as they know, I, I your your viewers, I just had a, a lovely day at the spa or something. Nice. And uh, I'm just feeling great. I, I tried to get my lighting right. I changed my- Lighting's nice. Thank you. Just simple ring light, but I N usually- uh, use the other corner of my bedroom, which is just like a blank corner. And it looks a little. This looks sad. very homey. It looks like you're comfortable Thanks. in your skin. Yeah. Has well, a little kind of fun, like robot some, in there. Some collectibles. Yeah. 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 Robots and basically Catholic memorabilia and plants. <laughs> That's like me in a nutshell. Anthony, how many years at Catholic school? 12. 12, me too. Yeah. Actually, I had 16. I went to a Catholic college. Did wow. you really? Yeah. I, I don't want to ask the wrong. I don't want to overstep my bounds. Are those Catholic robots behind you? <laughs> uh, some of them feel very bad about themselves. Okay. And I think they're the Catholic ones. Okay. So um, there's an Ultraman behind me. There's, there, wait, this is like well, this thing. Here's my little, my, my smog monster. Yep. He lives back here. I got an Ultraman. I got some other stuff back there. That's where my, That's my printer cart. It's, uh, <laughs> it's all happening. It's, it's amazing. I love it. I was a little, little sneak peek into the life. Now you've had a busy week, my friend. I have. Were you traveling outside of Brooklyn to film this uh, role in this big movie? Or did you, were you in New York? Were you uh, West Coast? What, what was happening, bud? No, it was, uh, it actually shot in uh, Cranford, New Jersey. Oh, jeez. <laughs> which is actually a very lovely little town. It's picturesque. You know, I, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, obviously. And whenever I go to like little towns, uh, I'm always very like smitten by them. And I'm like, this is so nice. See, see, this is nice. <laughs> and I'm, I, I want to move here. And then I'm like, I realized in, within 10 minutes, I saw the whole town. I'm like, I can't live here. You can't Everyone's going to know my business. And, so, and you're uh, like, that bakery's not up to snuff. Yeah, it, it looks like a set to me because it's like, oh, look at that. Like Joe's coffee shop. I'm like, that's mm -hmm. not real. That's grunt. Totally. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, I shot, uh, what's today? Saturday, Friday. I shot uh, Wednesday. Nice. And um, yeah, it's not a secret. We could talk about, you know, what it is. I just, I won't give away what I, what my scene is. But, right, right. But it's the, uh, the new Billy Eichner uh, movie, Bros. That is so exciting. Oh, that's great. It was, I, I have to be honest, I was completely stunned that, I got booked, not because I wasn't happy with my audition. Uh, I was very happy with it, but you know, they see so many people and it's one little like 
you never know what's going to book you or, or not book you. It might be something just as like, Oh, he's a little too tall mm-hmm. or so, like things that really are kind of out of your control. Do you so, think it helped that Billy Eichner is tall? Well, <laughs> you know what? He he's taller than me. I think. Is he? Yeah. You're tall. I'm six three. I think he's like six. He's at least my height. Wow. But he's much more trim than me. So he seems taller. Okay. You know, I have, uh, I have a, a certain heft to me that like people don't realize how tall I am until they get close. I call it a gravitas to you. Not, not necessarily a heft. Gravitas. Thank you. I, that's, right. that's a nicer, that's a body nicer gravitas. Could we call it? Yeah, sure. Gravitas. Gravitas. <laughs> that's what I have. I like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was, I was very incredibly excited that I, that I booked it. But it took it took a few days to kind of sink in because it's been it's been a bit, you know, between, you know, just the life of an auditioning actor and then the lockdown where nobody was doing anything. And then everything started to kind of slowly turn back to life. But that doesn't mean you're just going to start booking work. Right. You know, it's got to be the right timing, the right part. And when they're, you know, there's something about what you did that they enjoyed. Yeah, so it was it was really uh, it is was this very a, exciting. Judd Apatow, is that correct? Yes, yeah. Judd, Judd Apatow is producing. Uh, Billy Eichner co-wrote it with Nicholas Stoller, who's the who's, who's also directing. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's like real, uh, you know, people that I am very impressed by. You know? Yeah, and they're good people too. They're not like I know some yeah. actors are like I like three fourths of the cast I can get behind, and there's one a hole. This right. I, I kind of read up a little bit about it, and it seems yeah. like such a great idea for a movie. And the people who were already part are only a couple. I'm like, nobody not to like here. No, it's really like the concept of the movie is fantastic. I love I love what they're doing because it's never been done before, and it's you know a perfect way to get attention for it too. And it's, uh, it's one of the first um, main cast all gay main cast of rom com, correct? Yeah, I think it's the first. That's awesome. And, and that's amazing, though, that it is the first. Yeah. In 2021. Yeah, it's yeah, 2021. And, and, it, and it's, um, you know, and from what I read, uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the main cast are, they're not all playing gay characters. Okay. So it's like, you know, it's always considered like such a triumph when a straight actor <laughs> plays, a, yeah, right. plays a gay character. Like, oh, so brave, especially if it's a man. Yeah, It's right. like, okay. But the idea that, you know, well, you know, you can't, it can't possibly work in the reverse, but sure it can. Oh, that's cool. the fact that there, I can't wait to see it. I just, I hope my scene makes it into the final edit. So that's always the, oh yeah, well, I'll say some, I'm going to go light a candle at St. Rose Church in Belmont, New Jersey for you, Anthony. Maybe I'll get, maybe I'll get the whole congregation behind it. That would be nice. I have, I don't, I don't mean to brag, but I have some pull there. I I had a feeling (laughs) you were like, you know, the favorite son of the local church. Now, Chip, not not being lucky enough to be raised Catholic like Anthony and I, what would you do for good luck? Like, what would a guy with your your uh, religion that no one really knows what it is, but what would you do? I think I think being Lutheran, growing up Lutheran, what you just have to do is just you push the feelings down as Mm -hmm. as much as you can. Right. And then just try to listen to as many Prairie Home Companions in a row as possible. (laughs) It's it's sort of like the swinging of the. What's the smoke and the incense? Yeah. The smoking pocketbook, we call it. Yeah, just listening to Garrison. <laughs> the smoking pocketbook, yes. Listening to Garrison Keeler 
uh, oh. talk about powder biscuits. Same thing. <laughs> same thing. That's is, so, it's all so white. Yes. It's, it, uh, wasn't Lutheran white. referred to as Catholic light? Is that what Lutheran is? It yeah, basically you know, is. Lutheran is really, is really close to Catholic. Yeah. I feel, I, it's like basically the Pope is the deal breaker as, as far as I know. <laughs> That's basically all it is. So you guys win. Yeah, you win. Of, no Vatican. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. there were a couple of Lutheran kids um, in my Catholic high school in, in Brooklyn. It was like, it was close enough. Yeah. So <laughs> Parents mean? are like, there's no Lutheran high schools around here for God's sake. Uh, yeah, it's send like, them to Catholic school. Well, guys, we're here. We got a little Hollywood insider going here. Great way to start off a show. We like to do that. But I think the main reason we're here, first of all, my goodness, I am not a great host. Anthony, we like to give everybody a big junk miles intro. Oh. So of course we're going to, we're going to walk it back a bit and we're going to say, we welcome junk miles, proud to present, proud to welcome actor, writer, comedian, and co-founder of the Art of Brooklyn Film Fest, Brooklyn's favorite son, and probably biggest proponent of the borough, Anthony DeVito. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you very much. That was that was a nice intro. And you got all the details correct, which pretty much, yeah. I'm pretty good at that. ahead of the game. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Anthony, you are the most Brooklyn guy I know. You're very proud of Brooklyn. <laughs> How long have you lived in the part of Brooklyn you live in now? Uh, since 1997. Wow. So you must have seen just a complete, like, I'm going to ask a dumb question and the answers yeah. will be in multitudes, but how much has it changed in that period? And even in like the last 10 years, it's got to be amazing because most people live in areas that don't explode like yours did. Yeah, it, it's, it has it's interesting. It has changed a lot. And I'm actually going to take one of these out. I can hear myself better. It's changed a lot, but a lot has also stayed the same. Oh, so it really depends. There are neighborhoods in Brooklyn that have changed a lot more than where I live, but um, it has accelerated to the point where it was interesting for a while. And now it's like, basically all they do is knock old shit down and build condos. <laughs> like I remember always, you know, you, when, when you would go past a, a construction site, like as a kid or whatever, and be like, Oh, I wonder what they're going to build here. I, you know, who knows? And you look through the little window to see them digging out. Yeah. The now it's like, there's no mystery. <laughs> it's, just... it's condos with ground floor retail. Like that's all they build. And you're so, walking around like, that used to be a Bamberger's. My God. Well, <laughs> no, Bamberger's was only in Jersey. Are you real serious? Really? Macy's, I did not Macy's know Macy's Bamberger's. Macy's was wow. New York and Bamberger's was New Jersey. So, we're, learn we're learning something on this show. Are. I love that's it. An old, that's an old reference. Now, now yeah, Anthony, is there, is there a place that in your neighborhood or just in Brooklyn in general that you love to go to that has not changed, whether yeah. it's a, a diner, a restaurant, a bar, whatever it is, that hasn't changed since 1980 or 1970 or 1930? There are a couple of places. I, I have to say, I live in, in Bay Ridge, and there are there are some area there are some things in Bay Ridge that have been around, you know, for as long as I can remember. Um, there's not as much. Um, there were some some holdouts that you know things that were open fifty or sixty years that just you know their 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 time ended for whatever reason, and you know I I'm not uh so much about like um specific places 
Okay. Right. No, it's 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 because even the ones that are still around that you know they're, they're different. So uh, I'm not. Um, I don't. What I don't like is the kind of like whole like knocking down lots of stuff and just building generic condo towers where like i'll be in a neighborhood in brooklyn that you know you train yourself to like recognize landmark like a migrating bird like you know okay yep. th this is here and then i'm suddenly i'm on a i'm, I'm in an, a crosswalk and i'm like i don't know where i am because everything is different but different from within the past two years wow yeah you know it, it's very um you know, a lot of the neighborhoods that have really changed a lot um, are neighborhoods I never personally lived in and, you know, maybe didn't go to that much because I didn't have anyone, any family there or friends that lived in the neighborhood. But it is um, it can it can uh, discombobulate you yeah, a yeah. little bit. Mm -hmm. What's the yeah. most famous film or TV show that's fil that filmed in Bay Ridge? Anything? Well, Saturday Night Fever. That was Bay Ridge. Wow. That was Bay Ridge. That's kind of the one that that jumps to mind. Um, but there have been Bay Ridge gets used a lot for shoots, movie locations because it can look a lot of different ways. There are some very big old homes that so it can look kind of suburban on depending on what street you're on. It can look very urban. Um you know, you have great views of the Narrows and the Verrazano Bridge and you, you know, the, the Manhattan's off in the distance. So, but I would say, yeah, Saturday Night Fever is probably the most famous that I can think of. Parts now, of Lords of Flatbush were, were shot. In oh, um, Fonzie. Yeah. When yeah. they, when they beat that guy up in the park. Yep. When they run down the ramp, that's, that's uh, Shore Road Park. That's not that far from where I live. Let's, let's all go through naming people. I'll, I'll go with Ken Wall. Oh, in Lords of Flatbush. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's his name? Perry King. Perry King, nice. Chip, so you Lords of Stallone. Flatbush guy. Literally, I know Henry Winkler. That's the only one I can do. And, and Sly Stallone would and be. Sly okay. Stallone. Yeah. Yes. We could probably three of us maybe pull off the Lords of Flatbush. Maybe we cast somebody else remake. I'm feeling it. I think we we're kind of tough. I mean, we might be yeah. a little too tough. It might be a little like you know. Yeah. Too much one, one. I mean, Jeff, you in a leather jacket, like hey. everyone's gonna run. It's true. You Me know, and my Goo Goo Dolls t-shirt, most people will be like, that's too much. <laughs> yeah. That's too much. And I'm, they, I'm glad this thing is all audio or people would yeah. be way too upset. There you go. Uh, and Lords of the Flatbush was shot at Tilden High School where my mom went to high school. There you go. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Guys, we're going to go right from Lords of Flatbush. This is the normal segue. It's been done a thousand times in every podcast, but Lords of Flatbush to maybe Pee Wee Herman's greatest movie the 1985 classic American adventure comedy directed by Tim Burton in his first feature film directing debut. It stars, of course, Paul Rubens as Pee Wee Herman, who also co-wrote the screenplay with Phil Hartman. There we go. And some other guy. I always feel bad because I'm like Phil Hartman and Michael Varhol. Michael Varhol, great guy. I'm sure he's done other stuff, not as much as Pee Wee or... Phil. But MV, good guy nonetheless. Good guy. And you don't want to burn bridges in this in industry, nope. Anthony. So, no, and you too, Chip. Not. So, yeah. you guys are both, just for the record, both big Michael Varhol fans. Oh, yes. I, I will say, if, if we are being honest, though, uh, I will say that I had never actually seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure before the other night. Uh, <laughs> I'm watching it. This guy, this main character, seemed like a real loser. <laughs> I mean, I just, what was going on? Wearing the suit the whole time? I just I didn't understand 
Yeah. Well, I was like, grow up, guy. Chip, now, Chip, you were, you're doing I just, I like not... your famous Chip Chantry character, yeah. Millennial Chip. Yes. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm going back. I, I should I should have a backwards hat and a Justin Bieber T-shirt right who's, now. Who's <laughs> pretending like I don't understand? Like I don't. I never. I'm much too young. Nobody. For these nobody movies. has a house like that. This no. doesn't make any sense. Totally unbelievable. Right. I, there was actually somebody though that I did come across that it might have even Jeff. You might have even talked about it. Somebody who never saw it before and had no idea what was going on. I, I mean, this was this. By the way, this came out when I was. I guess nine or so, nine years old. So it was literally the sweet spot for oh, God. just mm-hmm. renting this movie. I didn't see in the theaters, but renting yeah. this movie and watching it millions upon millions of times. And you yeah. own it now, Chip, right? I do own it on DVD. Yes, I've, I've owned it. It was one of the first, one of the first uh, DVDs I think I bought. Yeah, now, I actually, to- I, I had wanted to rewatch it before in preparation. I just didn't get a chance because. You know, like my crazy Hollywood lifestyle. Yeah, somebody's um, shooting a movie. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like crazy, you guys. But I realized I didn't have to. Like I've no. seen it so many times yep. that I have it basically memorized. Exactly. So, uh, Anthony, yeah. I want you. We ask our guests when they pick a movie, and this is yeah. one of my favorite parts of the podcast. Set the scene. Set the stage. Where was Anthony DeVito when he first saw Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Which Shot on a budget of approximately $7 million, mm. earned nearly $41 million at the box office, mm. led to a sequel. Set the scene, Anthony. Okay, so in 1985, I was 19 years old, mm-hmm. and I was in college, and I am probably, I probably went to see it with two of my best friends from high school that I'm still friends with, very good friends with now, and I'm trying to remember what theater I saw it in. It was probably either the Fort Way in Bay Ridge, which is long gone, or the King's Way um, at the corner of King's Highway and Coney Island Avenue in Brooklyn, which is also long gone. Now, Anthony, Um, these theaters, how many movies would show at that theater at one time, one or two? uh, The Fort Way was two, and then they like bumped it up. Nice. Um, the the Kingsway was a much bigger theater, but when I was a kid, even the really big theaters only had like two maximum. Yeah. Oh, sure. They were just gigantic. And then eventually, like in the eighties, was when they started chopping them down into like a version of a multiplex. Yeah. You know, some of them, depending on the movie, was like a much smaller theater. They would based on how popular they thought the movie would be. But yeah, so I was nineteen. It was one of those movies where I, I feels like it was yesterday when I saw it. I just, from the second it started, and let, let me back up a little bit, you know, in uh, much earlier, that was not my first taste of Pee Wee Herman. Right. My cousins had HBO because they were, they were in Long Island and Brooklyn did not have cable until the mid eighties, wow. like early to mid eighties. So they, they had HBO and they taped the Pee Wee Herman show, the special mm-hmm. in like 81 yep. from HBO. And we watched it thousands, like thousands <laughs> of times to where every time, like I, I see uh, the actress Lynn Stewart on, I always, what I think of that bit with the, um, with the lip and cheek stain. Is she pretty? Is she oh, prettier than me? Oh. And eventually her whole, her whole face is red. I loved that. We all loved it so much because it was, it was very, at the time, felt very new wave. Too. Yeah. It felt very like, 
it lived alongside like Devo yep. and like that kind of the B-52s, like yeah. all that was new. So um, I was a huge Pee Wee Herman fan. By the time the movie came out, I could not wait. I think we went opening weekend. I couldn't wait to see it. So I was ready. I was primed for the big adventure. All right. So I usually ask, like, did you, did, how did, did you buy in right away? Obviously there was no oh, yeah. question. Right. I pre-bought, I was pre-sales. Yeah. That's, that's so cool though. Like when, you know, you're young, you're into something and then you're like, oh my God, it's taken that next step from being cult to yeah. major. Everyone can see it. I'm going to love it, but I bet not everybody will. Cause right. not everybody will buy in to a 33 year old man dressed up as a little boy, not, and Chip and I were just talking about this before you were on it. It is so funny. It is so arch. It is so dry in some spots. His humor is so quick and dry in a frenetic movie that like, I just realized that watching it again, like it's so good. It's also like fairly dirty in spots yes. too. Like <laughs> that's the thing that I love about it is that it go like my, all my favorite comedy, it goes high and low, high and low. Yeah, like, yeah. Like very stupid and immature and then very sophisticated, like within the same, like two lines. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and it's just, uh, he's just brilliant. He, he's, he's, he's such an amazing performer. Like what he did, what he created I mean, I know he co-created the character as right. well with Phil Hartman, but what he what he created with it in terms of the physicality and the and the voice, it wasn't something like it referenced things that had kind of come before, but it really it was not like anything like you couldn't pinpoint the character and say, oh, he's riffing on X. Like it was this weird again that early eighties taking the like 50s Americana yeah. and like giving it bath salts or something and just <laughs> that weird post-punk take on this this fairy tale world mm -hmm. the, the opening scene alone is amazing like it, yeah. his dream sequence with like right away I'm thinking like um the bicycle move got of course I just blanked out on the name of it but the uh breaking the move, away breaking away with the cutters you know the 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 verse the uh like that just came to me, but it's shot so well. Like yeah. that was Tim Burton's first movie. Um, right away, you're like, wow, like this guy took a cartoon world and made it real without making it too crazy. Like it was a believable cartoon world. Yeah, it was it was grounded in a way that was like it was there was a consistency to it. So you were like, OK, he's established the rules of this world that Pee Wee lives in. And it, it makes sense in its own way. Yeah. Like I remember when he comes out to his front lawn and he's got <laughs> the, like the light up those blow mold uh, decorations of every holiday and they're all out at one. I want to do that. Yeah. Like it was that kind of, what if, a, what if a child could basically do whatever they wanted and inherited it, like had unlimited resources and was, that's a good idea if you're seven and then you just put it into you put it into practice and there it is. And how cool that Phil Hartman was part of it. Like oh. he, he had, he was fully invested in this, not only the humor of it, but the look of it, Phil Hartman. I mean, we could probably go on. I'm pretty much yeah. sure everyone loves him, but like for a guy who 
comedic acting, writing. He was like a album designer before yeah, he was in he comedy. Was a graphic like, designer and yeah. an art director. Yeah. And he, he did some serious like album covers. Like, yeah, he, he's one of those guys you're like, that guy lived a life. I mean, he died tragically, but my yeah. God, he lived such a cool life. But someone like, like, who looks the way he does. He looks like he could be a CEO of a company. Mm -hmm. Very prim and proper. Right. Same thing like Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk looks like he's my insurance guy. Right. But to be like that and still have this sense of that, humor that, that is brain. so, that, that brain, brain, exactly, makes gets me excited. It just makes yeah. me happy that people like that at the Groundlings, it was Paul Rubens and him hanging out being like, right. let's make some crazy crap. Yeah. And Cassandra Peterson, because Elvira just her her book just came out, but yeah. she's uh, she's in the movie too, which I love as the biker chick. Let yeah. me have them, and uh, it was it, it's just it really is. There's so many. It's one of those things that like so many classic bits that became so part of like pop culture that even people who don't know where the bits are from know the bits. Like oh like, right right like tequila. Or any of that kind of stuff. I'm like a loner, Dottie. Yeah, a rebel. Yeah. Right. They don't even know where it's from, but they know that it's a thing. Oh, yeah. And that there was so much of it in that one movie is just, it's so packed with, heavy with goodness, like uh, yeah, they said, yeah. used to say on SCTV. But it was just, um, it really is, is it's a masterpiece. I think yeah. it's a, like, it's a perfect comedy. Even the straight lines are hilarious sometimes too like even the things that aren't the big catchphrases or and i hate to reduce the catchphrases but like the big right. moments even when he finds simone the second time and tells her he's like guess what there's no out there's no basement in the alamo right. and then he says very dryly and i'm gonna butcher it but he's like those are the types of things they don't teach you in school you just have to experience it right like just it's so dry and so matter of fact and right. and i've heard that line a million times but the other night when i watched it again it just hit me right so differently and it well, just because he's also the thing about about peewee and the thing that um is brilliant about the character and when i feel like it's part of when the character was developed is that peewee has no ironic distance from anything like he's really all in he's 100 percent peewee that's not to say he doesn't mock people or make fun of situations but he does it with he's fully committed and he believes everything he says mm -hmm. he's not commenting on what he's saying as he's saying it like he's really when he says that line like he's really saying it. you know like when they have that moment in the dinosaur when the sun comes up it's like he's really like, they're really having this moment. He's not, um, he's not pretending to enjoy this, this touching moment with her. Um, you know, he really is. And then Andy, Andy, uh, who every time I see that guy cracks me up, like he's got that little tiny head because his body's so big and yep. just chasing him around. <laughs> the way that they introduced, he was this Pollyanna type character yeah. Right up until he goes into the bike shop. And then when E.G. Daly, when Dottie shows him any sort of like romantic interest, he just turns into a really a fully realized character. Like, no, yeah. you know, he's like, oh, no way. Uh -uh. Like the every scene of right. him amping up to like, mm, no, like is perfect. Right. Like, oh, right. and that really made me buy in because I'm like, yeah. if he just like stayed as that kind of like 
Pollyannish, you know, like this is my own little world. Like you said, Anthony, like he's fully that took it. Now I'm going to enjoy everywhere he goes and he sprinkles that. All right. I'm going to give you just my favorite, the shortest favorite scene that had me rolling. It's one of those things where I literally look to my wife and my daughter and I'm like, did you, and and they're, you know, they're like, whatever, Jeff, but just at the very end, girls, (laughs) (laughs) at the very end, when he's just going from person to person and when, uh, what's her name? I I forget who goes to Paris. Simone. Simone has her French boyfriend and he's giving them French fries. And then when the <laughs> French guy simply says like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, blah, 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 blah. Right, and just right. walks away like in uh-huh. a kind of French accent and just goes, yeah, oh, merci beaucoup. And he was like, blah, 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 blah. And he just oh. keeps going. <laughs> and let's also not forget the, the absolute genius character of Francis Buxton. Oh, my God. Uh, Perfectly cast. Who yeah. was our president for four years. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, but the character of I love Francis as much Pee-wee. Yeah. And it's just his scenes are um, like when uh, when he Pee-wee's confronting him about the bicycle. You you know, you stole my bike. What would I want with that old relic? <laughs> I can have any bike in the world. You don't want it because you already have it. It's just. And then he, it's it, oh, it's too good when he does <laughs> when he's trying to get in, he's having his bath. Oh, really? Where are they hosing, hosing him down? Him down. <laughs> and he's got the little clown knocker, and then he's sneaking in the back, like how? Like and then it's like Bugs Bunny, like how do you get in the house? Yeah, he's just in the background. <laughs> the thing I loved about the way whoever the cinematographer was, I'm I'm sure Tim Burton had it. Just whenever they got very confrontational, how the camera would just close in on both make it really claustrophobic yep. and you'd get those close-ups of yep francis whose face just makes and when he would turn like mean yeah and his dad was so perfect when his dad simply said "Ooh, fruit uh-huh. when when when, when peewee gives him the choice oh, of- yes please thank you <laughs> and and francis and his dad have matching zipped up yeah. jumpsuits like <laughs> what even then, just when you find out when you get the reveal <laughs> that he stole the bike and he wants that his henchman to sell the bike yeah, bucks and he's ton. bucks ton, ton. He's he's just he's not a tough guy. He's he's a tough guy from the 50s. No, he's yeah, oh, he's, for no he's, reason. Oh, yeah. Because he, it's right. just in for that no world, reason. Right. For in that world. He is just a he's he's a greaser from yeah, he's a dirty J.D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's even got the laugh. All right, I'm going to yep. give you, Anthony, when we do these, I, I have a bunch of fun facts. Okay. And there's a really good fun fact with this one. Okay. That actor who played Francis's accomplice was Ralph Seymour. Ralph Seymour, this is not his first movie with Paul Rubens. Hmm. Ralph Seymour, Paul Rubens, and Jason Hervey, the child star in the movie. Yeah. All three of them were in a movie a year before this in 1984. It was a remake of one of the greatest camp movies of all time. Not a remake. It was a sequel. When you think camp movie, not camp, I'm sorry, not camp in like camp, like, you know, they're, they're overplaying it. Like a movie about summer camp. About a summer camp. About a summer camp. Yeah, sorry. Was it a Meatballs? Uh, there was a movie, Chip, called Meatballs Part 2. 19- Which I never saw. No one has, Anthony. Don't feel bad. And was, there an, loved- was there an alien in that movie? Was there like an alien in Meatballs 2? I don't know. Couldn't tell you, but okay. I love the movie Meatballs. Me too. Yes. One of my top 10. It was one of the movies that I feel like jumps 
started my puberty. Oh yeah. Um, the age I was when it came, what was it? 1980, right? Was yeah. It? So I was 14. And I remember the, the, the girl counselors were, yeah. you know, just and weren't you like, they, why don't they were, why can't I go to camp? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I want to go to camp. Is this what camp is? It, it also has not... that theme song. It's one of my favorite theme songs from Are You Ready movie. for the Summer? Are yeah. You Ready for the Summer? Where it's just all the kids singing, but like they don't try to make it like a like a choir where they have like no, they're just it's yelling. just a hundred kids <laughs> yelling. Just all yelling at them. And oh, yeah. That happened in the 70s, and it was my favorite. It's my favorite genre of music, is just a hundred kids yelling a song. Yeah. So that is three people from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. That's of course, crazy. most people know Meatballs Part 2. I did not. Yeah. Re- I have to watch Meatballs Part I don't think I've ever seen it, but I believe there's an alien involved in the sequel. I'll give I'm you two more not- fun facts, guys. Two more fun facts. Um, I think I mentioned before, Pee-wee was 33 when this movie was made. Okay. And in 1980, he was a waiter in the movie Blues Brothers as Paul Rubens. Okay. Chip, that's really? a, we'll harken back to our last podcast, Anthony. We had actress Senta Moses two podcasts ago and she was a five-year-old who was also in the movie the blues brothers and she, she peed on a cop car yes she did look at that mm-hmm. yeah so here's another fun fact i mean i don't know how fun it is it's fun anthony trust i us. have never seen the movie blues brothers all the way through it's a long movie i don't blame you i just was not a blues brothers fan i didn't get why it was funny it wasn't, it just wasn't my thing. I can appreciate parts of it now and, and yeah. you know, after the fact, but at the time I, I was, I, I have to say, I was kind of anti Blues Brothers. It felt too big. It felt too, like everybody loves the Blues Brothers now. I didn't get. You were it. expected to get it though, Anthony, because even though John Belushi was physically funny, he did physically funny things. And it took me a long time to like, that whole era of Saturday Night Live, I'm like, comedy would be fine today if that never existed. Like Everybody's like, you have to realize how much those people created that comedy. I'm like, no, th- that cocaine-fueled- We want to be rock stars. Right, we want to be rock stars. That yeah. whole National Lampoon writers, where they're, they're all the bad boys. I'm like, comedy would still be as great as it is today yeah. without that early Saturday Night Live, druggy, cheeseburger, cheeseburger bullshit. Well, that's that's kind of the that's the era for me. Again, I was I was a kid. I mean, uh, in I said I was fourteen in nineteen eighty. So I started watching Second City Television in when they started showing it in New York City in nineteen seventy eight on Channel Nine. Uh, it was half hours, and it was after uh, it was after wrestling and on Saturday night. It <laughs> went on at one a.m. And the only reason I got to see it was because I w- used to watch that with my father. And I remember there was a promo for SCTV and it wasn't even called SCTV yet. It was Second City Television. And it was a very weird commercial. And my father, who had a very good taste in comedy and a lot of my love for comedy and particular comedies is because of him, said, this looks like a really weird show. You want to watch it? And I was like, <laughs> yes. And we watched and I was hooked. And I was very... I was a very snotty Second City Television fan. You still was, are. Oh, very much so. You and still I'm, are, Saturday Anthony. Saturday Night Live, whatever. Right. <laughs> like, this is where it's happening. So by the time the Blues Brothers blew up, I was like, mm, yeah, all right. Moved on. Give Anthony, my, was your dad, was your dad English? Yes, he was. So he, the English to me always have, 
they're just a little step ahead in, in comedy, I believe. Like, yeah, yeah. they're a little more reserved about it, but they're, they're good at it, yeah, you know? My father came to the States when he was 10. Right. And um, so he was, you know, he grew up in, in England and then basically was uh, adopted into a Brooklyn Italian family. <laughs> wow. So, uh, and his, his, my grandmother, his mother also came over because she married my grandfather who wasn't my dad, my dad's biological father, right? My right. father, he was over in England during the World War II. They met and got married and they all three came over, which is why I have an Italian last name because he, adopt my, he adopted my father. My mom is Italian. So um, that's a, a very complicated story, but I've gotten, kind of <laughs> but people are like, it doesn't make sense. But so my father grew up uh, with memories of strong memories of England, but he was definitely raised like in a, in a very large Brooklyn Italian family, but he had very, very good taste in comedy. So like my love of the odd couple is because of him. Yeah. Uh, the honeymooners definitely, um, Ernie Kovacs, when they used to show the, the reruns, he was a big Ernie Kovacs fan. So I felt like he took, he was very into comedy. So I became, I, I, I took it more seriously, I think. Yeah. Because we would watch it. We would watch it together, but um, yeah, he, he definitely had a sophisticated, I, I knew, I learned about Monty Python because of him. Yeah. Sure. Because they used to show it on channel 13, which is our PBS station in New York. So uh, yeah, he was definitely, um, he had a more sophisticated, I think just naturally sense of what was funny. Yeah, mm. sure. And, um, and, you're, and there's people in your life who are like that, you know, whether yeah. you're lucky enough to have a dad who was like that, you know, some people have moms who have that exact sort of sense of they, they get it. And that's so great. And I think that's literally what makes people who really enjoy comedy. You'd be hard pressed to find a very funny person who didn't have a strong influence like that in their life. You know, you always hear like right. Mike Myers, the classic, like his dad was this, you know, guy from Great Britain who literally said like, Mike, this is what funny is. This is what funny is. This is what funny is. That's not, right. you know, just guiding him. My yeah. dad tried to guide me. My dad was older. And Anthony, he was like showing me movies from like the 30s and 40s. And he's like, yeah. this is really great, really great. And I'm like, oh, okay. Right, right. <laughs> but you know what? There's a lot of really good stuff. There in is. That, period. Mm -hmm. that screwball comedy, like yeah. lightning quick, like the writing is beautiful. And it's like, Again, stuff that I might not, I can appreciate much more now. Like I appreciate as now that I'm an actor, I appreciate a lot of comedy uh, even more deeply than just finding it funny. Yeah. Like seeing the skill involved in creating it, I can really respect and still laugh. Like not that you want to dissect it too much, but you can just really appreciate how comedy is not easy. Um, it's not, it's not easy to make somebody laugh with something that you've written and shot and edited. So to, you really respect the, um, the skill that goes into it. And that's one of the, to bring it back to Pee Wee, like that movie, uh, it's so many, it's so many different kinds of funny too. Yeah. Like when they finally get to the movie studio and he knows oh what the bike is and the monster child actor and like the, the nun, Jerry, Jerry, I can't work. I can't work <laughs> like this. I'm going to kill this kid. It was like this, <laughs> this other like level of, oh, so this is, this is like 
we're out of we're kind of in Wee's world but this is much more like gritty like a gritty and yeah. the idea that like jason hervey is this monster he's so good in it oh he's, he's so, so good. good i have been ready since first call action <laughs> like he's just He's just great. And it's like, and then he's like dressed as the nun. And it's just great. So again, it's that kind of savage, like, which felt a little ahead of its time, that kind of behind the scenes, like monster actors, we get to see that. And then, and then back to the kind of Looney Tunes-ness of it with the, with the chase. Mm -hmm. That was a good, you know, that was a very solid chase scene from, from a, from a, standpoint of anticipation and being like buying in and not the edge of your seat but pretty close but they just kept heightening too yeah like and again you know i love godzilla i yeah. love godzilla so when they when he drove and i was like oh my god Wee herman loves godzilla too like we should be best friends because yeah. he drives his bike through and it's like not only is it a godzilla scene but they're using the real sounds from the godzilla movies like the sound of king Ghidorah and everything and i'm like it's the real sounds like it, but this is the thing like it kept satisfying me like in <laughs> it was like another one it was just it was just great it was just great chip who was your favorite cameo uh, when I was a kid, I thought that Twisted Sister, that was <laughs> yeah, yeah, such yeah. a fun, because it was like, it just showed me, and again, I, I was pretty young, but I, You're gonna not, burn not, in hell. But, uh, I, I know, like, pick the worst, <laughs> like, the, like the most adult <laughs> right. song. Yes. Exactly. To me, that, like, if they did We're Not Gonna Take It, it right, doesn't right. have that same punch at all. Right. But like, it, it, I remember thinking, like, I knew <laughs> Twisted Sister a little bit, just from the, the MTV videos, but that it was like, oh, they must obviously have a sense of humor. Like that fourth yeah, wall was sure. kind of broken. It's like, well, they're they're obviously buying into this. If that yeah. was, yeah, um, I'm trying to think of a good a a, a good cameo. I, I will say Jan Hooks as oh, the that's, oh. as the tour guide How is cute. is it's per, it's perfection. And then just the people. There's an older gentleman who's always standing next to Pee Wee yes. with yep. the gray mustache and the and yeah. the. 10 gallon hat is so into it yeah, yeah. but jan hooks is just every it's it's so perfect well the part that slays me is i mean when she's doing her little like museum rap that she's done a million times there's Inez, and uh <laughs> yes she's like she's she's laughing and then she loses control of her gum a little bit and gets like self-conscious yes like she's doing and then she's like but i i think jan hooks was a genius and i think if there's one of the most underrated like comic actresses of the last really really yeah long. i thought she was she was brilliant i mean was she friends with phil hartman even back then like i just figured that's how she got in was she I a think groundling they were all groundlings yeah i, I want to assume she was a groundling too right but um but cassandra peterson was phil hartman was Wee herman was um of that era but i think she was as well Guys, some more fun facts. Pee Wee Herman was in Flight of the Navigator, 1986, credited as Paul Mall. Mm -hmm. Did okay. you know that? I did not. This big, is one of. I was a big fan of that movie when we were, were kids. Uh, a fun, a fun romp. And I don't think I realized that it was Pee Wee Herman until many years later. Like he did, uh, like the Pee Wee Herman laugh because it's just mm -hmm. the the voice of right. the little robot guy. And he did the Pee Wee Herman laugh. But I remember thinking, like, well, Pee Wee's is such in the zeitgeist now they just threw that in because it sounds because everybody was doing that laugh those days yeah but then to find out years later that actually was paul rubens what if his laugh turned into like a wilhelm scream that 
all the direct all the big directors just use that right as a For weird good, throwaway a right yeah just a throwaway laugh <laughs> that would be too obvious i think the wilhelm yeah. scream it's obvious now but here's the thing about the movie i think eg daily sadly wasn't given enough scenes like you She's know great. he he went on his quest which yeah. was awesome but once he went on that question, you kind of knew he was going to be on it a while. Like, oh man, like she was just so perfect, innocent, but innocent, but still confident. I loved the fact that she was clearly into him, but she also like saw through his bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. She was always yes. like, uh huh. Yeah, okay. Like, right. you know, yeah, that's not, yeah, try again. Like, that was right. I got her autograph once. Wow. In, wow. in 1987. I used to work, I had just graduated college and I was, hadn't gotten like my first real job yet. And I was working at a store in Soho in Manhattan, a clothing store. And it was one of those stores, it was called Le Chateau. They were a chain. Oh, yeah. They were like the French Gap. <laughs> and, uh, but it of was, um, I was going to say, do you, it's on the, like, like you guys know where it is, but it's, uh, it, it's where the giant crate and barrel is on Broadway and, and Houston, right? It's a, it was a big store, but because of the neighborhood at the time in the eighties, a lot of famous people came in to browse. And I was like, always like, it was always cool to see who would come in. And she came in and she was so nice. And I got her, um, I had a blank alteration ticket at the register and I got her signature. I still have it. She was just, she was so, she was just so cool. She was one of those people that was like, and she's like this big. Yeah. She's tiny, tiny, tiny human. Anthony also in 1987, she released the song mind over matter, which is featured in the film summer school. Okay. All right, guys. She she also sang uh, in, uh, uh, I I own it too. And I'm sure why why, the, the skiing movie uh, better off dead. Yes, that's right. right. That's yes, it. she had two songs, of course, I Chip. They were movie. "One Way Love," also "One Way Love," "Better Off Dead" title track, mm-hmm. and "A Little Luck." She was a member of the band performing at the high school dance. Mm-hmm. E.G. Daly also sang a song on the Breakfast Club soundtrack called "Waiting." Not one of the better songs on the Breakfast okay. Club soundtrack, but it made but, the list. But it made the list. She had a pretty serious music career going on. She, she had did. a record yeah, deal. Yeah. yeah. She did. I, I knew her at, it's funny. I knew her then as a, as a pop singer. Oh, wow. That's yeah. what I, like when you think about like when you, when you, the, the, the era that you're thinking of someone and like, you know, okay, I can think of her whole career now, but then I remember her as a singer who was in some movies. Yeah. I didn't think of her as an actress. Oh, all right. So made records. You're like, Oh, look, it's Valley girl. And they got the singer E.G. Right. Daly. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Anthony, one of the things that Chip and I always love, I think we, we've, this is probably the fifth movie we've done, all the 80s movies. One, the, Chip, this did not have one of our favorite, um, the ending of, what do we love about a good 80s movie ending, Chip? It, it unfortunately did not have a freeze frame. It did not have a freeze frame ending. Well, I, I mean, it works very well. The ending is amazing but it but doesn't it, have it doesn't have the freeze room but what did it have that is our most favorite part of every the most 80s favorite every great 80s movie has an ending where all of the main or at least most of the main characters all end up in the same place at the end of the movie it's like a broadway <laughs> right. play where like it's everybody great. has to be at the party at the, the whole end cast everybody's at the drive-in yeah it was and they 
it was almost like he was doing a nod to that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was almost him being like, pretty much every movie that's come out has this, everybody's there. The way he went like ingenious way of handing out snacks right. to the hobos. To, to just... Well, it was also, it was, a, it, was, it was a kind of a brilliant way to tie up the loose ends yeah so we all knew how all their adventures ended too simone worked out yes like Mickey, you're right Mickey's like got the popcorn right wasn't he what is he eating something oh he's got the um he gives the, him the hot dog the foot along with the file then, with the, with the, the guy, file pops like yeah that was... the but then gives him the hot dog back all right hot nice back. try right but yeah no and, and then just like, the fact that they brought a nice prison try, bus to the drive-in <laughs> yeah isn't that, i thought that was nice <laughs> it's sweet yeah and they let the hobos in they right, obviously right. didn't have money for that that showing, <laughs> but they let all the hobos. I don't care. Ah, and he jumps out. <laughs> he just jumps out. <laughs> he when he, he jumped out, I I was expecting. This is just a little nitpick. I was expecting the hobo to throw his little uh, trundle, the bindle, his bindle. That's yeah, a trundle. Yeah, bindle stick out because I'm like he needs to have that. Like that worried me that he wouldn't have, even though he never yes. showed what was in it. it. Right. Yeah. Right. He, uh, but he didn't need it because he was he was at the Alamo. He he had reached his journey. Oh, one of the funny things when he's running away from Andy and he gets, he changes into the cowboy, the rodeo, yeah. And <laughs> just when they mistake him for the rodeo rider, like number nine or whatever, number it is, nine, yep. and they're picking him up. <laughs> just, just the way he says, he just goes, "Uh oh." <laughs> I, I can't even do it justice, but it's so matter of fact, yeah. And it's just so resigned. He's like, "Uh oh." Yeah. The, the way he says that is is again. 100% perfect. Yeah, there's a very there's there's definitely um a strong uh element of Buster Keaton mm-hmm. in that movie and Pee Wee Herman's performance in that movie. And it's funny, I remember right after it came out, I I still have it somewhere. Um in remember Interview Magazine? Yeah, sure. They did a whole uh a whole spread on him and a whole article and it was the the it was black and white photography inside and it they, I remember they they styled him like almost like a silent movie comedian because that was kind of that was the that was like the most direct thread to him. It was like again the references were all like mid century Americana, mm-hmm. but his the the physicality of like um, like even in the uh, the bull the the scene where he's like bucking and then he just falls off and it's like in silence in the distance. Mm-hmm. It's yes, like, it's yeah. just like it's not a close up. It's just like that. Yeah. Oh. Like that's very that feels very Buster Keaton to me, like these things that would happen as funny because they happen very far away as very close up. The same thing with the motorcycle through the billboard when he rides off oh. on the hog. Yes, right. it's, I, it's I literally it's, right. I'm I woke, sorry. That's what I'm thinking. I got them too. I got is that, them OK. Is that the, OK, that's what yes. I, I woke my wife up cackling and I've seen it a million times. And I woke my wife up from the other room cackling uh, the other night because of because of all that right. scene. Yeah, they, all cheer, they all give him like that. Yay, he's their hero. And they yeah. get on the bike and it's like. Zzz. Just the way it swerves perfectly. Yeah. He there doesn't have a, his legs on it. Yeah. There's that. That shot must have a name. Like, you know, director cinematographers must have that. Like, because one of the greatest like meme videos of the past 10 years, Anthony, it's so great. It's this, this couple, I, I think it was in New York, but it's after a big snowstorm, it's a blizzard. It's these two like super yuppie, like literally yuppie runners out of yeah. central casting. 
And they, and, and you know, then the, the newswoman's just like, hey, what are you two crazy people doing running out here? And the way the woman's like, actually, um, running after a storm is pretty perfect because right. the snow is nice and compact and it's yeah. actually a little more safer than you would think. Actually, and the, it's a little it's safer. A little safer. And the woman's like, well, that's something we didn't know. This is hey, great fun. fun. Enjoy, your, enjoy your run and have fun. And then- the cameraman deserved an Emmy, an Oscar, yeah. whatever you give. Yeah, yeah. He did not. He's like, I don't trust these two. <laughs> and he goes from filming her, the um, newscaster, just following, 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 and literally in the distance, but just enough. You see her literally do the cartoon, whoa, on her ass so hard and slides. And her husband's just like, it's I almost, like, is it fake? I mean, it's so great. It's, it's so magic. perfect that, no, I think that is, that's one of those things that proves God is real. Like, you know how you look <laughs> for signs? Um, but yeah, she definitely cracked her tailbone. Oh yeah, and toxic yeah. all over the place. When I first saw that, I I was hysterical because this is a little, little sidetrack. When I was a kid, it was gotta be, I think it was like 77 or 78 maybe. Um, I remember there was an ice storm in Brooklyn and uh, I was walking home from school and I saw a woman across the street got, get off the bus and she slipped and she was very stunned because she had groceries and she had a loaf of Italian bread that came out and skidded perfectly across the street <laughs> and went into the sewer. <laughs> and she had this very like, like she wasn't sure what had happened. And I almost peed my pants. And oh. I was like, this is why I'm going to hell because she was fine. But I mean, how lucky was I to see the, the Italian yeah. with seeds? I remember it was a seeded loaf oh, it nice. went right into the sewer. Like a Fellini movie where they're oh, just right on it. You couldn't, you couldn't make that happen. Just like those <laughs> joggers. Like, I don't, yeah. I think that was real. It was, it was real, uh, but yeah. it was a beautiful but moment. Beautiful moment just shot in like, when they fell, it was a bit nice little dark screen just says Fiend. Fiend. Uh -huh, exactly. Um, guys, one of the best scenes too, just another little tidbit that took me a while. When he's doing his morning routine, food, brushing his teeth, he's about to go out the door, he weighs himself. And just how subtly it is, 98 pounds, pounds referencing. Weekly. Weekly, yeah. yep. Perfect. Perfect, like right, yes. Yeah, that that to me was just another one of the you know amazing. But but it's one of, you know it, it's the kind of comedy that that is ultimately really satisfying, and the one the kind that stays with you mm -hmm. is the kind that doesn't. It gives you credit for being intelligent, and it gives you credit for observing what's going on. And it's like rather than hit you over the head and explain a joke. It's like we'll watch it again, and then you'll maybe you'll get the joke. It it doesn't have to be. Um, there's a lot going on at once. Some of it's more obvious, and some of it is more subtle. Like maybe things in the background that you don't notice, and that is the kind of like giving the audience credit for being smart enough to get that joke is is one of the things that makes a movie like that so good. On that level, and yeah. then just letting young kids enjoy it, not on that level, just right. young kids enjoying it as like, 
this is a very fun man doing crazy stuff. Right. And as you go through the ages of watching it, you pick up that stuff. How about giving him props, not only hiring Tim Burton, but giving Danny Elfman his first job. That's right. I believe they said when they're, they're talked about the movie, he's like, I want the guy from Oingo Boingo. Hmm. And that Anthony, that was the era too. Like you said, that kind of like exciting era of new wave music kind mm. of like being more popular. Oingo Boingo was so good. When you mention Oingo Boingo, like you can mention like they have five bangers that if you hear today, they are still like just yeah. straight up exciting, rocking, you know, like Dead Man's Party still yeah. great song. But, you know, this was Danny Elfman's first, th- first scoring job. Scoring, right. And then I found out the lamentable follow-up to this big top peewee. Um, yeah, I know. We're not going to mention that because we're going to say on a positive tip. Yes. But the one thing is he brought Danny Elfman aboard for that. Danny Elfman could not use any of the original music from the big adventure. Because, you know, normally if you, if you do a sequel, you like to take over elements, create kind of that. Yeah, like, right. Sure. Because it was a different studio. I believe this was Warner Brothers, the first one, Paramount for the next one. Paramount said, uh, okay. nope, can't use any of it. Oh, and they were super pissed. I, I remember going to see that in the movies because I was excited that there was yeah. a new Yeah, and you're like, how could it not be great? And, then... and I was just like... <laughs> I want to I go from the, from the big adventure to the playhouse. Let's go something just as positive. Yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it off. I'm going to tie it in, Anthony. You mentioned earlier about the excitement of that era with kind of the new wave and a great anecdote from Pee Wee's Playhouse. They got a lot of people to contribute, you know, music and mm-hmm. like Mark Mothersball from Devo. He had time off between albums and they contacted him and he wasn't a big fan. He said he wasn't a fan. He wasn't not a fan. He's like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. Sounds cool. Yeah. This is him saying how crazy it was to work on that show. Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse was chaotic. They'd send me a tape from New York on a Tuesday I'd watch it Tuesday night, Wednesday, I'd write the music, Thursday, I'd record the music, I'd get it on Thursday night to them, they'd have it on Friday, cut it into the picture, and on Saturday, we'd watch it on TV. It was like super fast. Instead of writing an album once a year, I was writing an album's worth of music once a week, and it was super exciting. It was a new experience and a new creative process. For a guy like Mark Mothersbaugh to say it's a new creative process, who is a guy who's literally been reinventing himself and his music from like early seventies up. And that's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know that it was obviously that, that quick of a turnaround, but it's like, you get, sometimes you get really good stuff that way. Yeah. You know, you don't, don't overthink it. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't overthink it. You go with your gut. It's like you work with the people that you like what they do anyway. So it's like, what do we, what, what can we come up with if we don't really have time to second guess it or like do it by committee? Like it's just, and then it's, you know, there's something really fresh about it, but I, I used to watch that show. I mean, it was, I, I, I enjoyed it very much. I didn't watch it religiously, but I did. Um, I did love it. And I, I do have a Pee Wee Herman doll that I wanted to dig up uh, to have him meet you guys, but I he's put away like, <laughs> The idea of excavating where he is right now, I was like, I can't. Do was it, it a like the pull ring pull out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The visceral feel of when you were young, when you had a doll like that, where you put your finger in the ring and just pull out yeah. 
and feeling like the tautness and then the actual voice, yes. like that's hard to recreate. Yeah, you know, no, it's good. It's good, it's man. Good. It's it's like a little high. I'm yeah. pretty high. sure I had a Mork for Mork dog oh. that did that. Yeah, I bet he had a pretty good. I bet Nanu Nanu came out. Nanu Nanu. Shazbot. Shazbot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe busting on uh, Orkin. What's his name? Uh, Orson. 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 Yeah. Mork calling Orson. Orson. Yes. Maybe making fun of his weight. Not mm-hmm. very nice of, of, of Mork to do, but no. no. We, li- we live and we learn. Time. It was a different time. Can you guys way, keep of- talking? I think Shelby is locked out of my house. Give me one oh, second. Oh, Sh- Shelby is his dog, just so you know. It's not, there's not <laughs> oh, a child roaming, roaming around, just FYI. I am very fans of uh, Shelby and Star. Shelby and Star, just, they usually make cameos, which I'm sure they will for the rest of the time. I, I will say, uh, we're coming up on the holidays, Anthony. Uh, yeah. have, have you ever seen the Pee Wee... Uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas special from I think '88. Yes, I haven't seen it in a, in a long time, but I have seen it. Yeah, really funny. It for the last few years it's been on Netflix. I think it still is, so you can watch it. And just the most bizarre, uh, the the most bizarre cameos. The some of the funniest, most subtle lines that come out. Isn't, there that, she isn't is. Grace Jones in that? Grace Jones is in it. Yeah, that's uh, right. Is it Katie Lang? I think maybe. Um, uh, Magic Johnson is in it. Richard okay. Simmons, I think. It's just the my favorite line again. It's one of those like dry lines. He's with the remember Magic Screen. I don't know if you remember that from the thing where he oh, draws yeah, a picture yeah. that becomes life. And he goes on a sleigh ride, and Magic Johnson shows up. Okay, and says, "Magic Johnson, what are you doing here in Magic Screen?" And he goes, "Magic Screen's my cousin." <laughs> <laughs> and that's all that's said. And it's just, but it's just the funniest. Uh, Jeff, we were just talking about the Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas special, which is at least until recently has been on Netflix. I'm assuming it's, yeah, still is. it's great. It's a must watch every every yeah. year. Speaking well, of Christmas, this is maybe not Paul Rubin's happiest moment. There is one of the worst Christmas songs by a pop artist of all time. 1988, Brian Adams released a Christmas song based on a style of music that I don't think he really had any business of doing. And in the video, which was shot at MTV studios, and it literally looks like it was a company party. Everyone in it, the VJs are on it. They all look stoned and drunk. Pee Wee Herman is wearing a Santa hat with dreadlocks dancing around. He looks pretty out of it. And the song is called Reggae Christmas, Brian Adams. Oh, no. It I is. I blocked that out of my, me- my oh, mind. Oh, just I when we're done this no show, just, I think there's literally one video of it on YouTube and it's only about 90 seconds. Like this is, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure MTP is probably like destroy all oh, copies. Oh, yeah, we right. just get rid of that. Right. Uh. And it really looks like maybe Paul Rubens was just in the bathroom doing a little. And Sure. But uh, then again. Um, one of those nights. Guys, we mentioned, Chip, you mentioned Magic Screen. Yes. How about a little quiz? I'm going to go back and forth at you two. Characters on the series, Pee-wee's Playhouse. You're going to tell me if they are true, real characters, or not real characters. Mm. Anthony, you're our guest. So the first character I will say is Cherry the Chair. Of course that's true. Okay, there we go. You seem pretty confident. You are correct. Chip, Sonny and Chair. Uh, I, I believe that's not a, a correct one. That's not, Chip. They are definitely not characters. <laughs> Cherry the chair, Sonny the chair. Anthony, dog chair. I do not recall a dog chair, but I could be wrong. Chip, dog chair, I'm, yes or no? I'm going to say 
dog chair is true. It's it is real. true. Is it was okay. Okay. dog chair. I don't there remember we go. dog chair. Uh, okay. Uh, Chip, we'll stay with you. Otto the Ottoman. Um, was that real? Yeah, I think that was real. No. Nope. No, it was not. All right. Nope. Okay. Should have. It should have. Should have been. Should have been. been. Yeah. Anthony. Jombie, the genie. Jombie. Of course. Of course. R.I.P. Jombie. They're all oh, just recently, too. That's yes. right. Oh, I love Jombie. He was in UHF, one of the other movies we uh, yes. we covered. I Hilarious love in UHF. UHF. I love uh, UHF. Anthony, do yourself go back when you're not doing all your Hollywood stuff. When you get a moment, <laughs> when you get a moment. Sure. VHF. Uh, what is it? UHF, UHF. Chip and I and our friend Nick from Found Footage Festival. We give it a good once over, and I think you'll enjoy it. Oh yeah, I saw it on your site. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You got to check I, it out. I, I saw that in the movies. I love that movie. I Here love we it. go. Um, next, uh, Chip Charlie Screen. Charlie Screen. Uh, no, no, no. Charlie Anthony Screen. <laughs> Magic Screen. Yes. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Chip Terry the Pteranodon. Terry the Pteranodon. Terry the Pter. Yeah, the the ter- pterodactyl. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And his friend, of course, Anthony MC Rappo the Rappin Velociraptor. Uh, no, false. No, that's so false. I'm sorry. There were no Velociraptors yet. They're, they're, you're right. It wasn't a thing yet until Jurassic Park. That's right. Michael Crichton, I believe, owns the uh, the copyright right. to the word Velociraptor. Chip, Mr. Microwave. Um. Yes. No. 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 <laughs> no. Of course Mr. not. Mr. Microwave sounds fun. <laughs> Anthony, Mr. Window. Oh yes. Yes, of course. Yeah. Chip, uh, the flowers. Yes. Yes, of course. Here we go. Uh, Anthony Conky two thousand the robot. Oh, of course. I love Conky. Yeah. Who doesn't? Chip Clocky three thousand a clock radio. I don't believe so. <laughs> Do you know how excited I was, Anthony? My first communion. My Aunt Mary and Uncle Frank gave me a clock radio and I literally lost my marbles. I remember I was wearing a little denim suit and I ran into my dad. I'm like, I got a clock radio. And he's just like, that's a pretty good gift. You're damn straight. It's a pretty good gift. And I had it. And it's a radio. Yeah. I mean, dad, it's, it's the clock. And I, this is so great, Anthony. I had it in my room until college. Like it just always was there. And I remember I came, you know, I grew up at the shore and my friends came from college and they first met I'm like, yeah, come to my house for the weekend. We'll go to the beach in the summer. And my friend Daryl walked in. He goes, Jeff, that's the clock that rocks. And I'm like, that is the clock that rocks. He's like, very nice. Very nice. All right, here we go. Uh, Chip, Mr. Kite. Yes. There we go. Anthony, Mrs. Kite. I don't remember Mrs. Kite. No, Mr. Kite was single. Yeah, uh, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was widowed. You, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Oh, why? <laughs> That's really sad. I didn't want to. I, I didn't want to get sad. Uh, Chip, Mandy, the majorette. Yes. No. 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 Anthony, Randy, the marionette. Oh, oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Randy was a, the best. He was. Yes. He was the. Yes. the, he a, was friend the mine, a friend of mine years ago said that I reminded her of Randy. <laughs> The, the anger, the, yeah. the suppressed, built-up anger right. of a young, yeah. and and he was kind of like, uh, he was so great. He was kind of like the henchman, if I remember correctly, sort yeah. of like he had a little yeah. flat top. He yep. was the villain of yeah. the show, pretty he had much. Freckles, yeah. right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here we go, Chip Billy Baloney, the ventriloquist dummy. Yes. Yes. There we go, Anthony. The fish, much like the flowers, the fish. Yes. 
Yes. Chip, Abe Vigoda. Uh, I, I, I can say he is very real. Yes. Uh, but I don't believe he was a character in Pee-wee's Playhouse. No, no, but he did play. He did play course. Fish. Fish, he right. He did play right. Fish. Okay. Anthony, the Rollins Band. Um, They may have been guest stars, <laughs> but I don't think they were recurring. They weren't. Chip, the Puppet Band. I believe they were a part yes, of the Yes, they were. <laughs> Guys, only a few more. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know if people are enjoying us just throwing I'm it out there. It. Okay, there we go. Who's up next? Anthony, Globy the Globe. Oh, of course, Globy. Yes, and his friend, of course, Chip, Huffy the Walk-In Humidor. I, I don't believe that made the final, <laughs> the final cut. The Walk-In Humidor. Yeah. Yes. It's well, not just a humidor. It's a walk-in. Yeah. I'm walking here. Right. You know, my, my 13-year-old now does that I'm walking here. Uh, like whenever right. she just does it at the perfect, she's really funny. I mean, I don't mean to, but she just does it at like, she did it last night. This was so, I, I don't want, you know, yeah, people tell about their kids say funny stuff, but we yeah, I drove, I know. And it's no, most I'm, of the time, I'm they kidding. no, Anthony, most of the time it's made up, but this was so true. <laughs> Went out to dinner, came back, we're driving. I was dropping off my wife and Juliet. And then Una and I were going to run out and get brownies at the supermarket. We drive by, we see, my one neighbor with her dog talking to another neighbor. We head back, go to the supermarket for like 20 minutes, come back, like, and they're still talking. And the poor dog is just sitting there like, oh, can I go, go? And like, Una just goes like, I'm not walking here. <laughs> and it just made me so happy. Just made me so, like she's doing a dog. Like, Ratso oh, Rizzo. Yeah, 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 it was, yeah. I was like. That's funny. Yeah, it was good. All right, so we got a Huffy the Walking Humidor not, and we have a few more guys, Flory. Chip, Flory. Um, no. Flory was actually- Flory was real? He, he talked to his for Anthony right. Rufi. <laughs> um, no. No, of course not. Uh, Chip, Buckethead? No. Nope. Anthony, Knucklehead. Knucklehead sounds like a yes. Go with yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Two yeah. more, guys. Two more. Cowie. No, we have Cowie the Counting Crow. I don't believe any counting crows were there. There were no Adam Doritz nor oh, Cowie ever made an appearance. God. And Anthony, lastly, the Countess, the Countess. Yes. Yes, of course. Guys, yeah. that's it. That was real or not real characters from the hit TV oh, show. Pee-wee's well Playhouse. I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah, yes, you know. As you should be. Guys, this Pee-wee's Playhouse was uh, 1986 to 1990, Saturday mornings on CBS at Went all the way, actually, aired till 91. This is a good one, guys. The series theme song is credited to Ellen Shaw, but Ellen Shaw was a pseudonym of a popular songstress at the time who actually sang it. It was in the Betty Boop style. Was it uh, Miss Cindy Lauper? It was, Chip. Very good. Mm, nice. She only admitted to it recently, I believe. Like, it was one of those things where she didn't... Oh, okay. Who knows why? But it was the song was credited to an Alan Shaw and Cindy Lauper said, "That's me. That's me." Well, they yep. were friends, right? Yes, they were good friends. Yep. Good Warren R. And of course, in this show, you had such uh, famous actors, actresses: Lynn Marie Stewart, S. Empatha Murkison, Phil Hartman, Lawrence Fishburne, Sandra Bernhardt. Cowboy Curtis. Yes, Sandra Bernhardt and a young Natasha Leone was one of the kids in one oh, of the. Really? Yeah. Wow. There you go. And this is a fun one, guys. I'm going to give you a super fun one. 
uh, five years before he wrote on Boys in the Hood, which he earned two Oscar nominations for, John Singleton was a PA on the Playhouse set. Hmm, a wow. young John Singleton. And you're probably saying, Jeff, that's great, but who else was a PA on the set? I was thinking that. Yeah, I knew. I could see it in your eyes, uh, Anthony. You were like, oh, come on. And the answer, of course, is uh, white zombie frontman Rob Zombie. <laughs> Also had the, the title of PA uh, on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Interesting. Perfect. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. So did you guys, I don't know, I, I'm not, I'm not, I was just thinking Pee Wee content. Did you guys see his uh, his newer movie? The one no, I heard, it, I heard it was really good. I heard it was a lot better than Big Top. Did, I, oh, well, yeah. I mean. Yeah, you can't really go. That's a given. But yeah. um, I actually... I, I only saw it once all the way through. I didn't go back and rewatch it, but I I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I was surprised because I was like, he's so much older now. And like, what's like, it was kind of eerie how they made him, you know, look like, you know, he, he was, cl you clearly tell that he was older, but between the post-production and the makeup and all that kind of stuff. But I remember I, I liked it and I was happy that, I liked it because I remember there back in the day, there were like plans for several Pee Wee movies, mm -hmm. but then because of the scandal, yeah, uh, which, which caused the show to be canceled and everything, all that kind of went away. And I, I always thought like, what, what Pee Wee stuff would we have had, had that not happened? Mm -hmm. They didn't use so. any of like the Irishman young technology making him look younger right he just let him uh, kind of they, they did some like s digital smoothing but not like much like you have on your zoom right now yeah like exactly yeah. like they pushed it all the way to the to the 30 30 36 year old anthony to be yeah on screen exactly right at, at the most 36 and 30, uh, 35 and <laughs> a, a, a few months but um it was it was a little jarring to see at the beginning, but then I, you kind of like yeah. get over it, get over it. Yeah. Like a it's lot like, of oh, I don't want to see Pee Wee Herman older, but it was, it was okay. See, that's the thing. Like a lot of punk bands are like, we're famous for in the eighties. We sang about being teenagers who just tried to get the girls, never got the girl. And now that we're in our fifties, we're going on tour again it feels a little weird to be singing these songs. Yeah. But we're still going to do it because we need the money. Right. So like with Pee Wee, it's like, can he still, even at like that, you know, he's in his 60s now, I believe. I'm yeah. guessing, right? Like, can he, can he pull that off without people being like, it's a little weird seeing a, you know, 60-year-old man in a little suit and a bow tie. But, you know, again, Pee Wee Herman, like to... I felt like always had an element of surrealism to it yeah. anyway. Mm -hmm. So what if that is just like another element of it? Like it becomes like, we're not used to that. So it's, it's almost like, okay, well, what, what if we, what if we got used to it? What if it was okay? Like, what, yeah, if, it yeah. was, what if it was part of it? I think that, you know, that, that kind of like revulsion when someone's not young anymore how it, yeah. it's like it, it's it's like you really you kind of got to look at that a little bit it's it's like, right going it's, going back to uh why the english are better than the americans when you think about a the arismith when they were super young and what's his name steven tyler mm -hmm. dressed like a, a, a lunatic you know with the scarves and as he got older he's like you know what i'm sticking with it because i'm gonna grow old as ungracefully as possible right contrast that 
every guy from a British band, they look like a country gentleman now who owns a pond and they spend their days doddering in the garden Mm -hmm. and they all look healthy and good. Like they're just Roger Daltrey, one of the sexiest front men out there looks like just an old English auntie and he looks great. You know what I mean? Like they knew how to age. They're like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm putting on tweed. It's going to go have some tea. Whereas the Americans, they just can't, you know, like Ozzy, like I just can't not have, you know, like the long hair and, and the, I, that's me. Like, how can right. I give that up? Because right. it's kind of getting locked. You get locked in um, to what people expect or demand from you, mm-hmm. like your fans. Yeah. Like, and, and the idea is, you know, well, if the, you know, it's really should be about the work you're doing, not about the clothes you have on now, because, yeah. you know, yeah, you happen to be young in 1973 and that was what was in style in 1973. Like that's what a rock star would dress a, a rock star. If you were young now, you wouldn't be dressed like you were in 1973. Like when I see these bands, like these older guys and they're like, they're doing things to the, what little hair they have left to try to keep <laughs> it long it's like it's you know yeah. they they stand they stand in front of a candle and you can see right through it like <laughs> yeah it's teased yeah. and dyed and shaped like the way like gene simmons's hair is now uh, it's, gee, it's yeah. basically like that magnetic game where you would put the shavings on the guys oh like, how like great willy willy yeah yeah exactly it's just like what you don't have to like it's just it's a hairstyle you don't have to have yeah. that mm-hmm. like put a hat on it's an odd, or like you mentioned, count, Counting Crows, Adam Durich used to wear that, like a dreadlock wig. Yeah, just a wig. Uh, and then just take it off and yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm actually bald, but okay, you want this. And then, you know. If I put this on, I can date both the beautiful actresses from Friends. Friends. Right. Or I could take it off and not date any of the beautiful right, actresses exactly. from Friends. So he made the wise decision mm-hmm. for a guy who wanted to date the beautiful actresses from Friends. Friends. Mm-hmm. Guys, since we're all about nostalgia right now, and I'm really enjoying this. Thank you, Anthony, for coming on. Yeah. Um, 1985, guys. That was a huge year in movies when this was released. Like, huge. The one thing I noticed looking at the list, um, most of the movies they're they're very male dominated the comedies the action movies like there was not a movie back then and you know maybe from years after where there was you know a woman headlining right mm-hmm. so i'm going to just go through the top right now peewee was the 15th most popular movie that year mm. i'm going to give you the actress you tell me the movie that she was the co-star in okay oh wow in 85 the, okay so, so i'm just and i'll give you some hints 85, one of the most popular movies of all time, Anthony and Leah Thompson. Back to the Future. There you go. Back to the Future, right? Right. And then you have a movie like this, the number two, where it was literally an all-male cast because it was a cop movie that you had to go down to like the 13th person to see a woman credited. (laughs) And that woman was, of course, Lisa Elbacher. This was uh, the breakout movie of a Saturday Night Live comedian, 1985. The biggest comedian of the 80s. Beverly Hills Cop. There you go. Beverly Mm. Hills Cop number two. Followed by, we're going to go real through these. um, Another movie starring one of the biggest action stars of all time, the 80s. Literally had to go down to like the 12th person to see Julia Nixon credited as co. This was a follow-up to... 
uh, a very, very bloody action movie. Is it Rambo? It is Rambo. Very nice. Rambo, First Blood Part 2. Mm. And then they get a little easier, guys. They couldn't. They could have just called it Second Blood. Second, Second Blood. Blood, yeah. Anyway. Maybe. Maybe for the, uh, I, I'm the Criterion. Gonna be, I'm going to be completely honest. When I was a kid, I never rented a Rambo movie. And this is just to show you how sophisticated I was. Mm. Because that title used to confuse me so much oh, that I didn't want to accidentally get the sequel before the original. Okay. And it just it bothered me, so I I never I never rented uh, Rambo. To there this you day, hey, no, you're not missing out. You didn't. You're miss not. Anything. It's yeah. Um, Talia Shire, number four movie in '85. Rocky Four. Rocky Four. Very nice. I knew. Here's a good one. Jessica Tandy and Maureen Stapleton in this uh, super popular movie starring old people. Was that Cocoon? Nice, Anthony. Bing, bing, bing. Here we go, guys. Oh, You're nailing these. Probably younger than I am now. Like I know. That's the thing I do. Like, oh. I go on IMDb, oh, yeah. Wikipedia. Like, now that I'm older than both Jack Hugman and Tony Randall <laughs> throughout the entire run, there are a couple that makes me want to cry. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm watching a Great British Baking Show. And I said, "Hon, I'm gonna root." I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm rooting that. for the grandmother. And Kelly didn't even look at me. She goes, "She's younger than you." I'm like, "She right. is not." And she's like, and and "I'm like, you furious." So, I was so mad. Um, but you look Kel younger. Thank you, thank you very much. A lot, a lot of work. Um, Kelly McGillis. Oh, Top it, Gun. You would think it's Top Gun, but oh, this no. move, this is. Okay. Uh, oh, is it Witness? It's Witness. Chip. There you go. Uh, the Amish. What? One of my favorite Amish movies. Too quick on the buzzer. Follow that up with Kerry Green and Martha Plimpton. Oh, one of my there. favorites. Yeah. Goonies. Goonies. Number seven of 1985. Chip, you might get this. Because I hate I think... Goonies, but I'm too old for it, I think. There it's... you go. I think, I... You, I think you had to come in as a yeah, child no, no. to see it's, it. And, I'm yeah. too, I was too old for it. Chip, I can't remember. He's one of our mutual Philadelphia friends. I can't remember his name, but on Twitter, and I'm going to butcher this, it's one of the greatest tweets. He basically said, like, they didn't show the scene afterwards where Chunk's parents tell him in no uncertain terms that monster's not coming home with yeah, us. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. In, in no uncertain terms. In no uncertain terms. That, that monster is not. He's Guys, not stepping foot in this house. He's not. We're, we don't know what to do with such a monster. Right. I don't uh, know what it eats. <laughs> Police Academy 2, number eight. I'm sure you didn't know Marion Ramsey or Colleen Camp. No. Yeah. Here we go. This is a Colleen great- Colleen Camp, is, she's the maid from Clue, right? Is that who that is? She played Kirkland in the movie. So. I think, yeah, I think that's her, yeah. yeah. Here is one of the mm. most quoted movies for guys, Anthony, like our age guys, one of the most quoted movies of all time. Gina Davis was in it, but she wasn't the real female star. She was the protagonist's buddy- where he worked but dana wheeler nicholson played the hottie and this is a one-word term starring another saturday night life's live star from the 70s one of the most quoted movies of all time i'll give you a quote let me see um can i borrow your towel my car hit a water buffalo i've completely blanked i'll have a steak sandwich a bloody mary and, and, another and a steak sandwich. sandwich it is of course fletch Thank you. Gina okay. Davis had a small role. She was like his buddy. Like I think, I think your name was Larry in it. Yes, it was. Yeah. It had the right, very nice chip. Yeah, I never did Fletch. I never did lines from Fletch. You didn't have to because every like, white, else white guy golfer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
had them for that's my you... that's my friend group right there that's my demo white guy <laughs> golfers yeah that's yeah. that those are the guys i've always hung out with my only goal in life is never to wear anything that might confuse me as a golfing dad. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to go down, I will go down in flames looking like a guy still trying to look like, you know, maybe his punk rock self wearing some t-shirts and vans. That's fine. You've mocked yeah. me all you want. You're not going to see me in the golf shirt where the sleeves are down here. Yeah. Big collars tucked in with a little braided belt. Big, no, that's not me. I'm not going down that way, guys. I'm going to die a bloated punk corpse. Or the uh, like the guys, the guys from work going to lunch where they all have <laughs> the khakis and the Oxford shirt and then like the zip up uh, uh, fleece vest. And go. I don't have a problem with a fleece vest. Nothing wrong no, with that. But, yeah. but it's it's I kind do. of an it's kind of a uniform now. Just yeah. give you one more guys. Number 13 on the ri- list. One of the greatest movie soundtracks of all times. Really good movie. Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. A lot of good movies back then. But like I said, not a lot of female leads in movies no. back then. I guess. Sadly, it is. Uh, what, what, what was the movie that gave us big female leads in a block? Was it Thelma and Louise? Was there something before that where there was like... <sighs> was a league of their own around that time? What was first? That's a good question. That was 92, I believe, right? Ooh. Of their own? Um, I think. Do you know what? I just read a actress refused to be in the movie and she regrets it now because they cast Madonna and she's like, Madonna's not a real actress. I, this is going to turn into a silly movie. You're just hiring her as like a stunt. Like stunt so, cast. So I'm not going to be Wendell, in it. Right? It was Deborah. Yes. Yeah, I just, I recently read that too. I don't know why. And, I and she loving- regrets it, Anthony. Can you believe yeah. it? Well, you know, whatever. Deborah Winger's one of those actresses. I, I always felt like she put a collective spell on people. I don't know why everybody <laughs> lost their shit over Deborah Winger. Like, she was fine, but you know, I hope she, she doesn't was, listen to this. But yeah, you never know. Guys, let's uh, let's end this. This has been a really fun walk back to 1985. If you had to, Anthony, sell a young person on Pee Wee's Big Adventure, a young person like Chip, mm-hmm. who just you so know, young. millennial these kids coming up. Millennial yeah. chip, you know, yeah. he, he just like pretty much skateboards in front of your house. You're tending to your, right, there he is. He's skateboarding right. in front of your house. You're tending to your tomatoes on your, sure. and, and he, and he's like, Hey, old man, I need to, Hey fam. Sorry. I didn't mean to say, hey, old yeah, fam. Right. Yeah. Hey fam. Hashtag, excuse me. Hashtag, excuse me. I need to, uh, I need to check out a new fun movie. I mean, old fun movie. So I could sound hip when I say something on Instagram and Mm -hmm. hashtag it. So tell me something good to watch. How would you sell it to them? I would say, um, I'm not going to do it in lingo because I'll, no, 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 no. And you're not going to top what you just heard coming out of my Now I feel feel small and I'm like, I don't want to like go up against you on right. that, mm-hmm. that would be field. too many be too many takes on your part i want exactly. one exactly. take right no i would say hey kid um watch peewee's big adventure it's it's a surreal multi-layered comedy that exists outside of time and space it might it's a different dimension so go watch it, it. is yes, yes chip I, chip i'm gonna ask you the same question but i Nothing I mean, against you and your, but no, it'd be tough to top. What Anthony I what Devito. I would say would not. I I can't I can't top that. Excellent, yeah. guys. Thank you both so much. We talked for a very oh, long time, you, it and it went yeah. uh, it went very quickly. That's right. Isn't that how you know you had a good time? 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It just it flew by. Flew by. Oh, by the way, what's the what's the date today? Uh, is it October seventh? Is it second? Second. Yeah. Second. You know what happened ten years ago to this very night? Oh no! What chip? The worst crash I ever seen. Was that today? I know. I don't know if it's it's October second or <laughs> oh. not, but but it does feel like it, we didn't and we didn't mention Large Marge and that how Marge how incredible was was she and, and what a great another, scene. another classic all time classic comedy bit embedded in a in a in a a stack of them just mm-hmm. like you 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 drop the needle literally on any point in that movie and there's a classic bit happening and yeah. then when he, and then the the other scene where he, right before he does the dance in the biker bar. He just asked for the shoes from the uh, dishwasher. Mm-hmm. And he it was like for the movie shorter. airplane. When he takes them off, he gets much shorter. <laughs> Guys, we could we could continue on and on, yeah. but we're not going to. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Anthony, Chip. Thank you so much for thank doing this. Thank you so yep. much for having me. This was was really fun. I, I really yeah. appreciate it. And keep us uh keep us posted on on all your uh stuff coming up, Anthony. And we'll I will. Something. Yeah. It won't, it, it, all two things. So I'm going <laughs> to I flog them until they're they're dead. <laughs> guys that was anthony two things devito chip chantry jeff lyons saying goodbye thanks guys bye See you.